Life and Health, A.D. Banker and Company, Chapter 1, General Insurance, Learning Objectives. Upon the completion of this chapter, you will be able to differentiate between a stock and a mutual insurer. Recognize the difference between domestic, foreign, and alien insurers. Identify the characteristics of an insurance contract. Explain the difference between a representation and a warranty. List the four elements of a legal contract and define insurable interest. Overview. In its simplest form, insurance is designed to provide protection usually in the form of a payment. In case there is an unforeseen event that causes a covered loss, while most of us own some form of insurance, many do not understand exactly what it is or how it works. Insurance allows us to transfer the risk of a potential loss to the insurance company. There are many different types of losses that can be covered under various types of insurance policies but the most common are life, health, property, and casualty, also known as liability insurance. These, this course is designed specifically to explain the characteristics of life and or health insurance. Before we can explore this insurance in detail, we must first begin by explaining general insurance concepts and defining key terms that will provide a basic understanding of the insurance industry. 1.1, the world of insurance. The insurance industry consists of companies, agencies, producers, and organizations that provide support and services to the general public, and more specifically, the, cus the consumers who buy insurance. The person or entity that has insurance protection under a policy for a covered loss is known as the insured. The insurance industry, insurers, insurance companies or carriers provide insurance coverage by issuing particular insurance policies or contracts. The insurance agencies are independent sales organizations that provide service and distribute insurance policies to consumers. That is the insurance agency. The insurance agents or product product producers are licensed individuals representing an insurance company when transacting insurance business. That would be an insurance agent or producer. Insurance regulation at the state level. The insurance industry is regulated primarily at the state level through the legislative, judicial, and executive branches. The legislative branch writes and passes state insurance laws or statutes designed to protect the insuring public. The judicial 
branch is responsible for interpreting and determining the constitutionality of the statutes. The role of a state's executive branch is to enforce the existing statutes that have been put in place. The commissioner, director, or superintendent of insurance represents the executive branch and has the power to issue rules and regulations to help enforce these statutes. Additional state-specific information will be addressed in the law section of this course. Role of the National Association of Insurance Commissioners The National Association of Insurance Commissioners, or the NAIC, is the regulatory support organization created and governed by the chief insurance regulators and commissioners from the 50 states, D.C., and five U.S. territories. The NAIC provides resources, research, leg legislative and regulatory recommendations and interpretations of for state insurance regulators. Members may not may accept or reject recommendations. The NAIC has no legal authority to enact or re in enforce insurance laws. The primary goal of the association is to promote state uniformity. 1.2 Types of insurance, insurance companies or carriers. Insurance companies, also called carriers, are structured in a number of different ways, depending on the type of insurance they provide, the type of regulations they are subject to, and the way they distribute profits, if any. Stock insurance company. A stock insurer is owned by its stockholders or shareholders. The stockholders elect a board of directors to manage the company, but the board then elects officers to handle the day-to-day -day activities. Stockholders share in the company's profits and may receive corporate dividends taxable as ordinary income if declared by the directors. These dividends are not guaranteed. Traditionally, stock insurers issue non-participating policies since the policyholders are not entitled to dividends. Mutual Insurance Company A mutual insurer is owned by policyholders who may be referred to as members. The policyholders are considered the owners but do not directly manage the company. A board of directors is elected by the policyholders to manage the company but officers elected by the board handle the day-to-day -day operations. When and if declared by the board, policyholders may receive non-taxable dividends as a return of unused premium. These dividends are not guaranteed and are considered a return of premium based on any surplus at the end of the year once all claims and operating expenses have been paid. Mutual insurers 
typically issue participating policies. Paternal issue, issue insurers. Paternal insurers are known as fraternal benefit societies. They are primarily social organizations that engage in charitable and benevolent activities that provide primary and primarily life insurance to its members. They are usually organized on a nonprofit basis. Membership is typically drawn from members of a given religious organization, lodge, order, or society. Okay, retention question one. A blank insurance company is owned by its policyholders. A, stock. B, reciprocal. C, fraternal benefit society. And D, mutual. A mutual insurance company is owned by its policyholders. So the, num the letter D is the correct answer. A mutual insurance company is owned by its policyholders. Stock insurance company is owned by its stockholders or shareholders. A fraternal insurer is are known as fraternal benefit societies. Membership is typically drawn from members of a given religious organization, lodge, order, or society. One point three Insurer Domicile and Authorization. Domicile refers to the location or jurisdiction, state, district, territory, or country where an insurer is formed or incorporated. The three kinds of insurer domicile are domestic, foreign, and alien. The domestic insurer is an insurer organized under the law of a state in which it is placing business is considered a domestic insurer in that particular state. An insurer can only be domestic to the state in which it is incorporated. So the example of that is an insurer organized under the laws of New York is considered domestic to New York. Foreign insurer an insurer placing business anywhere within the United States other than the state, district, or territory in which it was organized and the incorporated is considered a foreign insurer in that jurisdiction. For example, an insurer incorporated in New York is considered foreign to, to Kansas. And then we have the alien insurer. An insurer placing business within the United States, which was organized under the laws of another country, is considered an alien insurer within the U.S. jurisdiction. And here is that example. An insurer incorporated in Ontario, Canada, is considered alien to New York. Authorization. 
An admitted or authorized insurer is approved to transact insurance in a given state if it has been granted a certif certificate of authority from the state's Department of Insurance. This authorization is not related to the insurer's domicile. A non-admitted or unauthorized insurer is not authorized to transact insurance in a given state, either by failing to comply with state requirements or by not seeking admission. Retention question number two. Which of the following is an insurance company that is organized under the laws of another state within the United States? Is it domestic, which is, um, or is it alien, B, or C, foreign, or D, authorized? Which of the following is an insurance company that is organized under the laws of another state within the United States? Insurer placing Okay, so that would be the foreign insurer. An insurer placing business anywhere within the United States other than the state, district, or territory in which it was organized and incorporated is considered a foreign insurer in that jurisdiction. An insurer incorporated in New York is considered foreign to Kansas. One point four. Federal Regulations, Fair Credit Reporting Act, 15 U.S.C. 1681 through 1681 D. The Fair Credit Reporting Act, F.C.R.A., protects the consumer's right to the privacy of credit and financial information, ensuring that all collected data is confidential, accurate, relevant, and properly used. Under the FCRA, credit reports may be obtained only to determine the financial and moral status of an applicant, such as for employment screening or loan approval, or to assist in underwriting by an insurer. The insurer must give pre-notification to the insurance application, the consumer, that a credit report may be requested as part of the insurer's underwriting requirements and must be pre-authorized by obtaining the applicant's written consent to request the report. The producer will obtain the signature at the time of application. If an adverse action is taken, such as denial of coverage, the insurer must provide post-notification to the application by stating the reasons for the adverse action and the right to request a copy of the credit report. The insurer must provide the information as to how the applica 
applicant can request a copy of the report from the consumer agency that compiled the report. The insurer or producer does not provide a copy of the report to the applicant. If the applicant challenges the accuracy of the information found in the report, the credit reporting agency is required to reinvestigate the matter through the source that provided such information and correct the information if necessary. The applicant is entitled to it to be informed by any of anyone who is who has requested a copy of the report in the prior six months. USA Patriot Act and Anti Money Laundering AML. With the increase of drug trafficking and acts of terrorism, the desire and demand for laundered money has also increased. The Patriot Act was passed to help detect and prevent this illegal activity. As part of the act, financial institutions and insurance companies are required to provide anti-money laundering training to their producers since insurance products are now being used to give legitimate appearance to money financed by and for illegal activities. Financial institutions are required to report any activity they believe or even have reason to suspect is an effort to launder money. A currency transaction report, or CTR, must be filed with FINCEN Financial Crimes Enforcement Network through the Department of Treasury for every cash transaction that exceeds $10,000 and wire transfers that excess of $3,000. Retention question number three. A federal regulation called the blank protects consumer, consumer privacy. A. Cons consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, Fraudulent Insurance Act, Privacy Protection Act, or the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Fair Credit Reporting Act is the answer. A federal regulation called the Federal the Fair Credit Reporting Act the Fair Credit Reporting Act protects the customer's right to the privacy of credit and financial information ensuring that all collected data is confidential, accurate, relevant and properly used. That would be the Fair Credit Reporting Act. 1.5 Contract Law An insurance policy is a legal contract between two parties purchased by the insured
and stating that the insurance company's promises to make payment for a loss arising from the unexpected event. The contract involves the exchange of a relatively small and definite expense known as premium for the promise of payment for a large uncertain loss. Principle of identity. If identity means to compensate for a loss or to make one whole again, based on the principle of identity, insurance is designed to restore an insured to the same physical or financial condition which existed prior to the loss without a gain or profit or gain. If life and health insurance, it, it may not be possible to truly identify a person for all losses. Instead, indemnity takes the form of cash, a death or disability income benefit, or payments to physicians or hospitals for care and services provided to an insured who is insured, injured or ill. Insurable interest. Insurable interest requires a financial or economical hardship in the event of a loss due to an accident, sickness, or death of the insured. Insurable interest must exist between the person's person buying the insurance, the policyholder, and the person insured under the policy. Most family relationships qualify as insurable interest. Each person also has an unlimited insurable interest in his, her own life. In the case of life and health insurance, contract law requires that insurable interest must exist at the time of the application, not the time of the loss. Lack of insurable interest makes the per purchase of insurance or payment of a legal claim legal since benefiting from the policy without suffering a financial or economical loss would allow for a person to profit from the loss. Retention question number four. For life and health insurance, insurable interest must exist at the time of the application. Yeah. Um, so, that would be letter A. For life and health insurance, insurable interest must exist at the time of application. Elements of a legal contract. To be enforceable, a legal contract requires four essential elements, and the absence of any of these elements may prevent a contract from being formed. These elements include competent parties, Parties to a contract must have the legal capacity to enter into the contract. Parties are assumed to be competent unless they are one of the following. A minor, for the purposes of insurance, a minor is a person under the age of 16, mentally incompetent, or under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Legal Purpose Insurance may not be issued for an illegal activity or immoral purpose. 
Intentional acts that cause a loss to collect from a policy, such as arson or murder, remove the legal aspect of purchasing insurance. Since an insurable interest must exist between the applicant and the insured, a contract must be issued in good faith that the owner is not looking to gain from a loss. Agreement, offer, and acceptance. A legal contract requires an agreement, which includes an offer and an acceptance. Typically, a person, the applicant or insured, makes an offer by submitting an application to the insurance company for insurance along with the initial premium. In this case, acceptance takes the form of the approved application following the policy to be issued. The premium and the issued policy together form the agreement. If the premium does not accompany the application, the insurer may still issue a policy. In this case, the policy is considered the offer and the premium when paid becomes the acceptance. Consider consideration. Consideration is the ex exchange of value and makes a contract binding. The insured the insured's consideration is the payment of premium along with an agreement to abide by the conditions of the contract. The insurer's promise to identity to identify a promise to indemnify in the event of a loss is its consideration as it is specific specified in the insuring clause of the policy. Retention question five. Each of the following is an element of a legal contract except consideration, legal purpose, agreement, or identity. That would be identity because we do have competent parties would be number one, legal purpose, two, agreement or offer and acceptance is three, and consideration is four. So indemnity is not there, so that would be the answer. Each of the following is an element of legal contract except identity. So, um, like I said, consideration, legal purpose, agreement are all parts or elements of a legal contract. 1.6. Insurance contract contra characteristics and interpretations. Characteristics of an insurance contract. Contract of adhesion. Insurance is considered to be a contract of adhesion. The contract is written by one party, the insurance company, without any input from the applicant. The insurer prepares the contract and prevents, presents it to the applicant on a take-it-or-leave-it basis because the insured has no input regarding the terms of the contract. It is not negotiable. 
aleatory contract. An aleatory contact, contract is one that is based on an uncertain event or by chance. It can't be known in advance whether the insurer will have to pay a loss during the ter policy term or whether the insured will make premium payments without receiving anything in return. Both parties agree to the terms of the contract despite the uncertainty. It is very likely that there will be an unequal exchange of consideration by either party depending on if a loss actually occurs and to what extent. Unilateral contract, unilateral contract is one in which only one party is legally bound to the contractual obligations. As long as all the conditions are met by the insured, the insurer makes an enforceable promise a future performance and can be charged with a breach of contract if those obligations are not met. The insured has the right to cancel the policy at any time and cannot be legally forced to pay the pre pre premiums. Conditional contract. A conditional contract is one in which both parties must perform certain duties to make the contract enforceable. The insured can only collect if there has been a covered loss. And the insurer has a list of conditions stated in the contract that must be met before a claim will be paid, as long as the specific specified conditions or duties are performed, the insurer must pay the claim. Legal interpretations affecting contracts. Representations. Statements made by the applicant on the application are considered representations. The applicant is required to make statements that are substantially true or believed to be true to the best of the applicant's knowledge at the time of application. Material versus immaterial representations. Statements that impact the acceptance of an insurable risk whether involving the rating of an acceptable risk or the decision as to whether to accept or decline a risk are considered to be material. Immaterial representations do not affect the acceptance or rating of the risk. Misrepresentations. A false statement contained in the application is considered a misrepresentation if it is material to the insurance of coverage, meaning the insurer would not have issued a policy had the misrepresentation not been there, or premiums charged would have been higher or covered limited, coverage does not apply. A material rep misrepresentation may void the policy. Warranties. Warranties are material statements in the application or stipulations in the policy that are guaranteed true in all respects. If warranties are later discovered untrue or breached,
coverage and the contract may be voided. Retention question number six. A warranty is defined as which of the following? A, inter intentional misrepresentative on the application. Statement in the application that is guaranteed to be true, that's B. C, a fal false statement in the application. Or D, a substantial substantially true statement. A warranty is defined Warranties are material statements in the application or stipulations in the policy that are guaranteed true. That would so the answer is B. Statement in the application that is guaranteed to be true. That would be what a warranty is defined. That was chapter one. Placed. The ex replacing insurer is the insurer responsible for issuing the new policy that will replace the existing policy.